Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. injecting soul into the everyday because margaritas and batchy are just as soulful as medis and self-care with your host holly as party and jordana levine how are you today jords <laughs> today just today uh, today i'm good just today. yeah i'm good i woke up very 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 unseasonably early and so I've been doing all of the things. I went and did the lighthouse walk. I did a meditation. I went and got my coffee. And then I hopped on Skype to talk to you thinking I'd look all fresh because I've been doing so many things and I look like I just rolled out of bed. It's only 8 o'clock. I am so impressed. Do you want to Thank know you. what I've done this morning? Yeah. I've had a shower. <laughs> That's not true. You tried to meditate and your dog barked in your face. I don't even count that as anything. That was more of a frustrating glitch in my morning. <laughs> Well, I think the intention to do it counts. You've got to get some sort of gold star for that. I tell myself that every time my Medi gets interrupted. I'm like, oh, it kind of sort of counts. You know, it was funny. I was using the Insight Timer this morning for my Medi and I I usually have it set so it gongs to get me in. I have like a 15-second lead up. It gongs to start and then it gongs to finish. But somehow I must have tapped something. It had like 10 intermittent bells that went off. It was a constant gonging. And I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, if I stop and change it now, I'm going to get out. So just deal with it. But like every time I felt myself dropping into meditation, I might get pulled out of it. Well, do you know what? Janoa got me in trouble only last week because he learned that I gong myself out and you're not supposed to. I know. But if I don't, I look at the phone every two minutes. That's what I said to him. I'm like, I prefer to be gonged out than checking the time all the time. And he's like, you've got to train your body. I can just naturally come out at 20 minutes. Do you know what he said? He goes, I don't miss a bus stop. Even when I'm meditating, my body knows when to come out. Oh, what a superpower. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to come in handy. Never. When does he catch the bus? (laughs) Never. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy to rely on the gong. Yeah, me too. That, it's so funny because my um, meditation teacher said that to me as well. It must be something they teach them at meditation school. No, it's actually really bad for your nervous system. Like, you know how you said you were getting yeah, the shock? but I think that, well, those bells were pretty full on. But I think there's some <laughs> really beautiful, because you can pick a sound on Insight Timer, you know? Yes, the gentle ones that are like diddling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can record our own come out of meditation sounds. Listeners, what do you think? (laughs) I'm going to say a big resounding no. (laughs) What would your sound be? I don't know, but I was thinking your sound would be, hello, good morning. (laughs) Mine would be like, good morning, sunshine. (laughs) Embrace the day. (laughs) That's how Holly starts her morning boxes with me every morning. Hello, good morning. Is it? I didn't even yeah. realise that I do that. Yeah. It's just so innate. Mm, so good. 
what how, the how hell? is he <laughs> yes sorry <laughs> where you went with that so you've meditated <laughs> i've meditated actually i've been really good this week i've got a looming book deadline and when i say looming it's actually not my manuscript's due in may next year but i'm just kind of mindful that that will arrive very soon and I have yes. a whole book to write. So yes. I was trying to dedicate one day a week to writing and I just I found myself getting super distracted and mm. I know that my most productive hours are first thing in the morning. So this week I was like, I'm going to get up in the mornings, I'm going to go and do some exercise, I'm going to come home, I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes and then I'm going to do two hours of book writing. And um, I've been doing that every morning and it's been so good. It's been so great to get into routine and Mm. know that if something comes out, awesome. If nothing comes out, well, it's fine. It's still really early. I haven't wasted the day. It's good. I just sometimes I'm a bit funny with morning routines because I can get very Virgo about them and I start to get kind of a little bit what's the word, like a little bit too regimented. Like I really slip into my masculine when the goal of it (laughs) is to like be in my feminine, if you know what I mean. To flow. Well, when you're in your femme, that's when the inspiration drops in. And when you're in your mask, it's too, well, it can become too rigid. Yeah. It's a really tricky balance to stay kind of in the middle of that. I think I'm slipping a little bit into mask at the moment. Mm, mm. It's so interesting, Jord, because I have been the opposite this week. Yeah, in what sense? I have been so resistant to doing any work that's aligned with any level of productive feelings. So oh. there's, there's stuff that I need to do and I've got my list because Virgo season, but I look at it, I wake up and I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that. I would rather go and lie in the sun and I would rather go and have be social with my friends and I would rather go and literally lie with my legs up the wall and just chill. I have been the other end of the spectrum in like overcompensating in my feminine. Why, why? Like why do you feel the need to be so in your feminine at the moment? Uh, because for me, when I'm in my feminine, it's about surrender and trust. And right now there are a few areas of my life that I don't really know where they're going. So I'm really trying to practice that openness and surrender. Mm. But in doing that, I feel I'm on the verge of pushing it too far because my masculine is just kind of in the background going, there is actually stuff you need to get done over here. And my feminine's going, yeah, but you've had a big year. Let's take a load off and just rest forever. (laughs) Yeah. Let's kind of break this down a little bit because even though I know this isn't what we're talking about. This is where I feel my brain going to, my Gemini mind going to, is like women are lazy and men do stuff. Yes. That's not what we're talking That's about. That's not what right? we're talking about. <laughs> no. So we're talking about the masculine and feminine energies Mm. and that's what we're going to be talking about today guys and it's a big topic so we'll cover as much as we can in a podcast episode. Jord, the way that I describe masculine femme energies is the first thing up front is it's not gendered at all because we both or everyone carries a masculine energy and a feminine energy. Basically it's another way of describing our yin and our yang. I was gonna say It's our yin and our yang. Yeah. Do we share a brain? We share the one brain. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, Jord, what is yin energy to you? Yin energy to me, it's very soft. It's very passive. It's being in flow. It's releasing control and letting go. It's gentle. Yeah. Yang is very action-based. It's very fiery. It's Mm. very productive and it gets shit 
done. That's it. So you've been accessing your yang to get the things done this week, whereas Mm. I've been heavily in my yin in just being a little more passive and going whatever will be will be and I'm just going to trust that things are going to drop in when they need to. Yeah. But what's important to note is that there's no one better than the other and the idea is for us to have a relationship, a positive relationship with both so we know when to tap more into our yang or our masculine and then we know when to rein that in and tap more into our yin and our feminine. Mm-hmm. And that for me, Jord, is a constant re-shifting. I don't want to say balance because I don't believe it is about balance but it's a constant pivot and shifting into what energy is going to serve me in what moment. Yeah, it's a funny one. I actually really struggle with this and I... I feel like I can invite yin and feminine in, but it's not my natural state. And I think it's also important to note, like I'm a very feminine person. Like I'm very girly and I wear very girly clothes and I do very girly things and my house is very girly. So like I'm I'm very feminine in that respect. I like to cook and nourish and provide and look after people and all of that. But in order to be a human that survives in the world as a single lady, I feel Mm -hmm. like I have to embody a lot of masculine in order to get things done in my life because I can't Mm. share the load with someone else. And that's not to say you need a man to bring the masculine into your world, Mm. but it's almost like if I can't be in my masculine, yeah, stuff just doesn't get done in my life, you know? It's almost like an overcompensating. A little bit. And I think on top of that is, you know, running your own business. So it's like holding the business, holding the home, paying the bills, bringing in the money, like being the breadwinner and the nourisher and the provider Mm. for the self. You know, it's a lot. Yeah. And I think we can all do it and, and we all need to hold our masculine and our feminine together. But when people say to me, just drop into your feminine, just just go with the flow, like release the reins a little, I'm like, yeah, but it's all going to fall apart. <laughs> then that might be the control in you, but we'll talk about that another episode. No, I, I agree, Jord. And do you know what I want to say to that is I actually most of my life have been operating from my masculine, mm. even being in a relationship with Trent uh, because he's, regularly in his feminine he's much more of a laid-back chill go with the flow kind of energy whereas I have been the if we want to go on a date I organize it or if we're going to go on holiday holiday I book the flights or I initiate sex or whatever it is for the most part of our relationship I have been in my mask and he's been in his femme and what's interesting is it wasn't until last year I started to do more work on embodying more of my femme because when you're overexerting your masculine, you have a tendency to lead to burnout, to fatigue, to type A tendencies that control stuff. Whatever the- you <laughs> mean, Holly has a <laughs> And so I was like, okay, there's got to be another way. And I started to tap more into my feminine, more into surrender. Your intuition, when you're living by intuition, that's very yin, very mm. feminine. But what was interesting is Trent and I in our relationship dynamic, we were so used to me being yang, him being yin, that when I shifted into yin and he wasn't doing anything to shift into yang because we didn't know any better, we met at this crossroads and it's known as like you don't have polarity. So when you're in a relationship, you constantly want to be shifting between yin and yang. By the way, guys, it's yin and yang. If you say yin and yang, you're talking about the yin-yang twins who are rappers. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Just needed to clear that up. 
so it's a constant pivoting in a relationship as well. If I'm in my feminine and Trent's in his feminine, then nothing gets done. The garbage doesn't get taken out. We don't organize anything and we just sit there like twiddling our thumbs. But then if we're both in our mask, we butt heads. So it's a constant shifting in a relationship dynamic as well. It's so interesting because as someone who is looking for the life partner, what I need in a relationship, and this isn't for all women at all, but because I do have a tendency to be so much in my masculine and my yang, I actually really need a partner that's willing to hold that for me so that I am able to drop into my feminine. Yes. I need a partner who can hold that for me. And that's not to say they need to be this like super macho guy because that's actually a big turnoff for me. And someone being connected with their feelings and also being able to hold my feminine and then reflect a feminine back to me is also Mm. super important. But Mm. they do need to be able to hold the masculine just to give me a break from it, you know. And I think that's what relationship is. It's like this constant like you be in your femme, I'll be in my mask. I'll be in my mask, you be in your femme. And let's do this beautiful kind of libra and balancing act, you know. That's what it is and it comes very naturally to me with Mm. my moon in Libra. What I want to say, Geordie, is it is possible to shift that dynamic from being heavily in your mask to the other way and that is exactly what I did. So for most of my life I have been mask heavy. I'd say about 60 to 70% mask, 30% femme. And when I did a test at the end of last year, because you can do, there's plenty of free resources online. My loves, if you go online and just Google, you know, what's my mask, what's my femme, answer a few questions that'll tell you. And it came up at the end of last year that I'm 70% femme, 30% mask. Now I'm sure that shifted a little bit, but that was never the case for me. And so you can consciously create more and cultivate more of that energy in your space should you want to. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. So if people are feeling like they are very much in their mask right now because I I actually think collectively women especially yeah. are sitting in their masculine a lot more. We kind of need to to survive in yeah. the workplace, whether we're running our own business or working for other people. Or even being stay-at-home mums that juggling a child and Absolutely. getting everything Doing done all around the, the home. Things, all the things. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think are some ways that life can still stay together and not fall apart? but we can begin to like slip into feminine energy just that little bit more. This is perfectly timed, Joy, because I actually had a guest call for my program this week on all things mask and femme with our girl Zoe Bosco, and we'll pop her link in the Facebook group so you guys can connect with her because she is magic and a beautiful example of embodying femme and mask. In fact, all of the work I've done in this space Zoe has helped feel for me. So that's the first thing. Go and see Zoe. (laughs) (laughs) Second thing is as women, it's innate in us to feel and express emotion. But societally, and especially in our upbringings, depending on your family uh, situations, we've been told that to feel, to cry, to get angry, to express our full spectrum of emotion is, you know, crazy of us, or we're highly emotional, or, you know, name names here. And I see it, I don't know about you, Joe, but when I was working one-on-one with clients, I had many women who did not allow themselves to cry. Oh, yeah. And this is completely normal. So if you relate to this, it's so fine. So normal. But a lot of the uh, manifestation mentoring I do is asking people to tap into the feelings they want to create, like what feelings they attach to their future desires. Um, Couldn't even tell me a feeling. 
Yeah. Besides happy and sad, didn't really have anything else to offer. Yeah. And that's not unusual, right? It's very common and mm. we numb ourselves and it's a protective barrier because it, it's conditioned into us that to be perceived as an emotional woman is crazy or weird or weak. And even with men as well, like this actually isn't a gendered conversation. It's it's rife with men. For men to cry, oh, my goodness. And so the first thing is to get more in touch with expressing emotion as it comes up for you. So if mm. you're feeling anger, rather than suppressing that, allowing yourself to express it with a scream in the pillow or furious journaling or dancing. Music is amazing to embody your feminine. So dancing and expressing to angry music. Like when I access my anger or I call it my wild woman, which is one of the many feminine archetypes as women we can embody, I'll put on music like just a girl, no doubt. And I'll run around the house and I'll just be like headbanging and throwing my body around because emotion and energy, we don't want it stagnant. We don't want to uh, like have our throat close up at the thought of crying or, or being angry. We actually are meant to express. So that for me, like allowing yourself to cry, allowing yourself to yell if you're angry, feeling the full spectrum of emotion is so key when it comes to embodying more of a feminine energy because it's, it's innate in us. Mm. Mm. struggle straight over here talk to me I'm very in touch with my emotions like I can identify my emotions I'll happily feel them but I I'm not one to overly express them why it's a very good question because I there's definitely space for me to do it at home like I was never told not to do it um Mm. I think maybe because there's so much air in my chart we'll talk about this a little bit later as well I'm just like, yeah, feeling it, got it, move it through me, moving on. What's Let's next? just, yeah, you know, and um, and that's that's okay. I feel like you tell me what you think, Hold, but I feel like yeah. I can hold space for other people to emote. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. seems fine. Um, mm. but I sometimes get to a point where I'm like, all right, you know, we felt we felt the emotions. We're moving them through us. Now let's move on. You know, like even when holding space for other people, I'm like, let's not sit in this. And I and I get that that's very masculine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a discomfort in the feeling. But but what's interesting is there's this underlying collective fear that if we feel the emotion, we're not going to get out of it. And what you just said is a let's not sit in this. And that's because like we've got to get out of it because it's uncomfortable for me to observe this or for me to feel it. And even in our call this week, Jord, Every one of my beautiful women in the call felt some kind of fear around, but if I allow myself to fully feel anger or fully feel sadness, I'm never going to come out the other end. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not saying don't fully feel it because I definitely fully feel. I just feel like sometimes people can stay in there longer than they need to. Yeah. And dwell in the victim mindset of woe is me or I'm so angry. And it's not I am angry or I am sad. It's I am feeling anger right now and I will express that. Don't quote me on this, but I believe if you fully allow yourself to feel and express an emotion, it's up to seven minutes and it passes through you. But that's you fully experiencing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's important. The other piece I want to say around tapping into feminine energy, and I touched on it, music. 
is so powerful. Moving your body, your hips, your womb. Our womb is our creative center. It's the home of feminine energy. So really allowing yourself to gently move through things on your own. And you can do this at home when you're cleaning the house, when you're showering and you've got your dry body brushing ritual. You don't have to record it and put it as your Insta story either. You definitely don't. (laughs) You can do it in the privacy of your own home without sharing it. Totally fine. <laughs> and I actually have a Femme Feels playlist on Spotify. Mm, it's very so good. So it's fun. So if you guys are like, what, what's feminine energy music? Just hit me up on Spotify. It's Holly Coolahan. Wow. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> said that in a long time. <laughs> I love Holly Coolahan, by the way. I don't know if we've talked about uh, that on here, but I'm all about the double H. Yeah, I just feel like it's too much alliteration. Holly Hulahan. Yeah, look, it's a it's Do you a think it's factor. because of the Han? So it's almost like three H's. Is that what you're feeling? Yeah, Holly Hulahan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. Yeah. But I still really like it. Speaking of hula, yeah. hula hooping, great way. <laughs> no, it really is. It really is. I think as someone who is in their masculine a lot, what I find a really beautiful way to tap into my feminine when I'm feeling like so... Ugh, is to cook in a really beautiful, slow way. So stirring stuff on the stove and like creating stuff with my hands and like Mm -hmm. just really feeling food and getting kind of creative, not following a recipe and and then sharing food with other people. Like I just find that a really beautiful way for me personally to drop into my femme. I also really enjoy, of course, like doing a yin yoga class. Like I just think that's such a beautiful way to drop into feminine energy and release, let go and surrender. It's funny, I ran uh, a yin class last night and it's so funny to observe all of the different energies in the room because there's Mm. so many people who will so easily drop and it's got nothing to do with flexibility or how often you've done yoga But then there's other people and I get it because I've been these people as well that can't keep their eyes closed and can't soften like are so rigid in their body and you can tell there's anticipation to get out of the pose and move to the next one. And when you're in those moments and if you feel like that's you within a yin class, which can be a really beautiful way to kind of see where you are on the scale. Yes is just to invite a little bit more breath in, to really let the exhale be a little bit longer and see if you can just drop in that space. And that's a really beautiful, easy, manageable way, I think, to be able to drop into feminine. I love that you shared that example, Joy. That's a stretch target for my girls this week is to take themselves to a yin class and see how their energy responds to that. Mm. My first, I'd say three to five yin classes, I couldn't cope. But I knew if I kept at it, it would benefit me in terms of being more comfortable with slowness, surrender, not go, 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 do, do, do. And now it's a practice that I like often invite because because of that feminine energy. So 100% with you on that. Yeah. But I feel like the mask energy gets a bad rap. So, George, as someone who does live from mask. <laughs> as someone who's talk, a bloke, what do you as, think? <laughs> as someone who is productive, mask, high, <laughs> I was going to say high intensity, but I meant type A, but maybe highly intense as well. <laughs> highly functional, alcoholic. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the benefits of being in your mask when you're not too far gone? I get stuff done. Yeah. I'm very capable and independent, I think in a good way. I mean, sometimes I can be a little bit too independent, which I really have to like address when I'm 
dating someone or in a relationship with someone because I can forget, you know, that I'm meant to be kind of balancing the two. I think the biggest benefit for me being in my masculine is I'm able to identify when my energy is ready to create, be productive, get stuff done, and when it's not. And I don't know if that's got a lot to do with me following the lunar cycle and sort of knowing what's happening with the energies at the time. I think the thing that I love most about masculine energy is feeling capable. And I think it's something Mm. that a lot of women struggle with. And I, I know that no matter the task, even if it feels really big and huge and out of my comfort zone, I know that I'm actually capable of doing it. And I think yeah. that's probably the biggest benefit I get from, from the mask that I tend to hang out in. What do you think? I love that. Yeah, I agree. I was always too far gone with my mask because I am such an all or nothing person. So right now I'm a little bit verging on too far gone with my fam. When I was in a like a good state with my masculine energy, I, I would get stuff done. I would, oh, this is so, I'm trying to like analyze my psychological makeup as I say this, but I could achieve a lot, mm. you know, and I could juggle more than one thing at a time and I could train hard at the gym and also, you know, work hard at work and also show up in my relationships. So it did allow me to do those things. I, I am really interested in your opinion around not productive, but beneficial ways to tap into the masculine energy because truly, George, most of my life when I've been in masculine, it's pushed me to the brink of burnout. And so yeah. I, I'm scared of it now. Well, look, let, like, let's, just put all the cards on the table. I've burnt out many times. Mm-hmm. I burn out less these days because I'm so conscious of it. But when I was working mm-hmm. in corporate, I mean, <laughs> fuck, I yeah. was like the walking dead. I really was. Yeah. And I, I burnt out quite recently when my book came out, like during my book launch, I just completely annihilated myself because I was just totally in my masculine trying to get shit done and please everybody and like do all the things. And I achieved a lot, but I also at the you know, at a cost. Yeah, at a cost. I would try and put a little bit of routine into your day or your week. Yeah. It just gives you some accountability and gives you some sort of metric to, yeah, stay accountable to. And yes. I think being in our feminine is so beautiful when we're in the flow, but sometimes we need a little bit of direction and somewhere to direct our energy. And that's, you know, like if you take it back to the manifestation equation, which we spoke about a few episodes ago, it's really the action piece. So we've got to have action and surrender in order to create. It's that beautiful um, balance of action masculine and surrender feminine. We need to have both. But if you're constantly hanging out in the surrender, how are you going to create anything? So So true. I would start to have a look at a little bit of routine to keep you accountable. I would start to channel a little bit of Virgo energy and be Mm. looking at how can I be, well, actually earth energy in general, and we'll talk about Mm. it a little bit later on in this episode, but how can I be practical? How can I be of service? How can I be useful? And those really sort of like action-based thoughts and, um, and feelings in order to put some sort of momentum behind what it is you want to create. I love that so much, George, because it rings so true to me and it's something, maybe it's something that I'll try in terms of for a try something new in implementing routine for a week and seeing how that benefits me because I don't have routine. No, I, I know. But I love <laughs> that about you because I'm like <laughs> the opposite. 
So like, think, what are you doing? I've done this, this, and this. And I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> I think what we should do, I think what we should do is I, I'll do a full week of um, dropping into feminine and releasing control. And you can do a full week of coming into your masculine, taking action and having some <gasps> sort of routine. And we'll talk about it. And we'll meet in the middle. We'll meet in the middle. <laughs> how the hell am I going to do that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how. I'm, I'm already nervous about the routines. So like, so what do you mean? Like I have to do a certain number of like classes a week or something? <laughs> no, no. I think it's just having direction for your day. Okay. Okay. Oh, fuck. That already makes me nervous. This is so interesting, I isn't it? sick. Anyway. I just want to say like we've spoken about relationships a lot but like even in this business relationship that you and I have like I am definitely in the mask and you're definitely in the femme but it works like we never ever argue we never not get shit done and we never are not in flow because it's so beautifully balanced and and even when I've like, there's been like maybe two occasions where you've shifted into femme for whatever reason. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take the reins and here. You I'm have. gonna, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's when I've burnt out. I'm like, holy, I cannot even look at social, and I cannot even write an email. And you're like, I'll do it. I've got and it. I was like, I've got so it. Fine. I've got this. <laughs> I put my mask hat on. It's so great. Yeah, it's I good. love it. If you're interested in learning more about masculine and feminine energies, there's so many different resources available. I know that David Dieter. I mean, I question Dear Lover, but he has written a few pieces on feminine and masculine energies, which may be worth having a read of. Yeah. Um, The Way of the Superior Man and Dear Lover are more gendered approaches, but Zoe did recommend him, and I just swear by everything Zoe says. Uh, (laughs) And uh, Women Who Run With Wolves is the other book that I have not yet read, but I hear it's amazing. (gasps) Holly! I haven't read it. Oh, my God, you have to. I mean, it's monumental, but have you got a copy of it? No. Okay, I'm not going to give you my copy because I don't want it. It's just one that needs to be in the house at all times. But we should get oh. you a copy for sure. Okay. Okay. Consider it done. Done. Oh, and the other one is the Surrender Experiment. It's a book by Michael Singer who wrote Untethered Soul. Oh, I've never even heard of it. What's it called? The Surrender oh, Experiment. Yes, and George, oh, you. I, I know. Look at your face. You need it. It. This shifted everything for me last year when I started working on surrender and I got all my girls reading it this week it's so good it's his entire life he surrenders to and he becomes a billionaire all of this stuff and it's all through surrender it's insane yeah so good Jod what are you recommending for us this week recommending yeah why did I say the full word I don't know I liked it though I'm like, I think I prefer it. (laughs) (laughs) So our recommendations for this week are. (laughs) Well, I'm pulling a bit of a holly in that I'm pulling, like, I'm going to give you a reco that's not new. And perhaps a lot of you are already familiar with it. (laughs) And just that. (laughs) No, don't, don't. But I I really love it. And I just thought, oh, maybe there's people that haven't watched it. It's a show and it's on Stan and it's called Younger. And You've mentioned this show before and I've never watched it. Yeah, I love it so much. So it's been around for a while. I think the season finale for season six, I think, was last night. Right. Um, they're very short episodes. They're only like 25 minutes, which is super annoying when you're watching it. But it's just a fun, easy-to-watch show. It's set in New York in a book publishing office, like in a book publisher. Like, oh, they do fiction and nonfiction. And basically it's about this woman, Liza, who was in publishing and then she 
got married, had kids or had a kid and, you know, she kind of wasn't working for a really long time and then she gets divorced and she's like, I want to get back into work. No one will hire her. She's in like her 40s. No one will hire her. And so she looks pretty good for her age. So she's like, I'm going to just say I'm 25. (gasps) I love her. And she starts interviewing and she gets a job. And so it's all about. younger. Yeah. So it's all about her working in publishing, pretending that she's 25 when she's really 40 and has like a, you know, 19-year-old daughter or something. But it's, I mean, it sounds really surface level, but honestly, it is so good. All of the characters in it are amazing. It's really easy to watch. And because there's six seasons of it now, you just binge it because they drop episodes yes. weekly. Uh-huh. So it's, it's on Stan. It's a really fun, easy watch. If you're into writing and publishing, it's extra special. It's got Hilary Duff in it. Oh, and selling point. Yeah. I just really love it. I think you'd love it, Holly. Is it funny or serious or dramatic? It's funny. Okay, and is it fun, flirty, and fresh? It's definitely fun, flirty, and fresh. Yeah, it's really good. Right. It's really, really good. So that's my record this week. I love that. And I just want to throw in, guys, that I only got Stan two weeks ago after I had my colonic and had a day on the couch. And I've been binging, unreal. But George said, I can't record that because everyone knows what it is already. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean, you can if you want to. (laughs) It's fine. I just wanted to slide it in. It's also a good Stan series yeah I think it's the reason people got Stan in the first place because Stan didn't used to have anything on it and then they were like oh my god Unreal's on there I have to get Stan yeah they might be thinking that about Younger as well I mean it's been out for a couple of years now so okay cool what's your record Holly well mine like I just want to do a caveat here it was gifted to me but I would never recommend if I didn't enjoy the product so I'm recommending Active Wear today George and you're wearing it Right now. I'm wearing it because I just wanted to channel the vibes. So the brand is Nimble Activewear, and I'll share their social in the newsletter. But what I love about this brand, George, because, I mean, Activewear, you shake a tree in Bondi and 27 different Activewear brands fall out of it. Mm. What I love about Nimble is it's recycled, eco-friendly Activewear. So the tights that I'm wearing right now. Hang on. There's, yeah, the clothing itself is not recycled. It's brand new clothing. No, it's brand new clothing. <laughs> But there are six plastic bottles in the tights that I'm wearing and they are a really eco-conscious and friendly brand. Can you explain that to me? Well, I mean, no, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how it works. It's just totally magic. Do they feel like plastic tights? No, they feel so comfortable. They're high-waisted, which are my favourite, really thick band. They have a little hidden pocket for your keys and they're really flattering as well because they're seamless except down the middle. Uh, So the tights that I am wearing are, I want to get the name right for you guys, called the All Day High Rise Tight. I'm wearing it in a, what's this colour? How would you describe this colour? Burnt orange? No, I think quite salmon-y like it's quite like pink, a I, I think it's more pink oh do you well, not agree with me I think it's more a rust okay maybe it's through the computer screen it's different yeah so but they also come in navy in black I've worn them to yin I've worn them walking they don't fall down that's my pet hate with tights totally they stay up high-waisted and the piece de resistance for my big busted ladies is <laughs> the crop I'm not wearing anything underneath this crop, George. It's just the crop. And look at the back. 
it's all crisscrossy and beautiful and I don't I'm not usually able to wear those because I have to wear straps like out the sides so their crop's called the circuit breaker bra and you can just take the padding out which is what I've done I'm in a 14 and I'm a 10 double f so but what about your back hole is it not too big across the back oh look it's fine yeah. Because it's material that's super stretchy and tight, you know, the material that like really clings, mm. it's just everything is just in. There's a little bit of space around here, yeah. but I feel comfortable in it. So it's that's so my good. record, guys. What's amazing about Nimble is they have a store in Bondi and also one in Melbourne, but they're available online globally. So not just Australia, yeah. but all over, the place, and which also is really great. You can, I'm pretty sure you can buy Nimble activewear on the Iconic as well. Yeah. You can. So they're my reco for the day. Yay! Good recos, Yay! Thanks. We did well for... Yeah, for throwing them together two seconds before. That's not like us. <laughs> what are you going to teach us today, George, speaking of throwing together two seconds before? Well, I think it's really important that we do this teach me something new. Polly and I throw around the elements of star signs like everyone knows what we're talking about all of the time. And mm. and what we mean by that is like, oh, I'm an air sign. Oh, I'm a water sign. Oh, well, we hate water signs. Oh, fire signs. And you're probably like, what are they talking about? So we thought we'd just kind of break it down a bit this week. Yes. I'm fascinated by this sort of stuff. I know Hull is too. Mm. I'm going to try and keep it quite surface level just so that we don't give too much information so that you don't absorb it. I really want you to understand it. So we're really just going to stick to the elements, let you know which star signs fall into what elements and what the traits of those elements are. Oh, I love it. Go. Okay. So there's 12 star signs, yeah? And Mm -hmm. there's four elements that those star signs are broken up into. And the pattern of these four elements is repeated in order three times around the chart, yeah? Mm, So we start mm. with fire, then we go earth, then we go air, then we go water, and then that just keeps going until we get through all 12 of the zodiac, okay? Sure. So the best thing I say to people when they're trying to work out the elements is have a look at the element itself. That's going to tell you a lot about the traits of that particular star sign. So we'll start with fire. The three star signs that fall into the element of fire are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, guys, if you are not an Aries, a Leo, or a Sag, you might have them in your natal chart. If you want to find out your natal chart, go to CoStar. CoStar will give you your complete natal chart. All you need is your time of birth and your birth date. And we talk about CoStar all the time. There's actually lots of things you can, there's lots of sites on the internet that will do it. But I think CoStar explains it really well. So in terms of fire, Holly, we're looking at the nature of fire itself. So it brings light, it brings energy, and that's the kind of traits that fire signs bring as well totally they're very much about the self yeah so it's very (laughs) much self-full meaning and they like to satisfy their desires of the identity so of themselves so they have a desire and then their goal is to go out and satisfy it does that ring true for you fire sign i feel very sane (laughs) yeah when you think of fire when it's a little bit out of control or a little bit out of balance, it can be quite dramatic. <laughs> really? It can wow. be explosive. 
Yes. It can be hard to contain, <laughs> a little bit like all over the place. <laughs> yes. um, it can be a little bit volatile, uh, mm. exciting, you know, like all of these sorts of things. So these are the traits of fire signs and they relate to the energy of the individual, so of the self. Yeah, so that's the an important I, thing me. to keep coming back to. Yeah, fire signs need to have freedom to impact mm-hmm. their environment and to be able to express themselves fully. So fire needs to be able to express itself. 100%. But it can lead to expressing itself so much that it gets into ego and starts to become a wildfire. who can relate (laughs) (laughs) so people with strong fire charts so your chart isn't actually very strong in fire I'm not a strong fire chart we'll save that plot twist at the end of the convo but I only have my place my sun placement is a fire sign and that's it yeah so people with strong fire charts so if you have a look at your chart you've got a lot of fire in there they have this need for life to be exciting full of color action adventure drama otherwise if they don't have all of that they start to feel really frustrated and restless Mm, yeah so interesting yeah because I know a few people who are like triple fire or double fire and yeah I can see that in them so for someone like me actually what we'll do is we'll we'll dissect our charts at the end Holly to relate it back to what we've said okay yes so then we move into earth signs my faith so earth signs are Taurus Virgo and Capricorn so when you think of earth hole what kind of things do you think of when you think of the earth of mama earth grounded stable the provider very strong yeah I think of Trent obviously yeah level-headed yeah practical yeah so earth deals with the material and the practical so basically like real life reality the physical world yeah Mm. and as we start to look at some of the other signs you'll see why the earth signs are so important because they keep us in the real world because for people like air signs we tend to sort of get a little bit esoteric you know yeah this is why Trent and I work so well because he keeps in reality yeah so people with strong earth charts are interested in producing being useful seeing like really practical tangible results Mm, yeah so true yeah they want to master the physical world to create order safety and security I got to say that earth signs are my some of my most triggering signs, but also I have the most respect for them mm-hmm. because I I admire those traits so much. And I feel like that's why it's like a mirror to me and all the traits that I admire. Yeah, I feel the same. Like I, I need earth signs around me to ground me because I have a lot of air in my chart, but I also get very frustrated with them because sometimes they're a little bit too practical for me and I'm like, come on this adventure with me. And they're like, no, I'm going to stay in the real world, you know? And they get frustrated by us because they're like, oh, God, like needs a reality <laughs> check over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they can be a bit slower, a bit more methodical. We'll talk about the mask and the femme, but they're very much in their mask, yeah? Yes. Oh, the other trait about earth signs is they're very much tuned into the physical senses. So all of the physical senses that are like associated with, I guess, our basic needs, our survival needs. So like, you know, uh, the five senses, basically, they're really kind of tuned into that working through the physical body. Mm, Mm. Interesting. Okay. Then we move on to our air signs. So air signs are Gemini, Libra and Aquarius. 
And the element of air is approached through the mind. So they're very much about the thinking, all about the thoughts. I think, therefore, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the nature of air, when you think about air, is it's about expansion. It's about rising up. It's about, yeah, sort of like upgrading and just wanting to get bigger and brighter and bolder in terms of how far you can go. It's like the sky's the limit kind of vibe. Yes. Yes, totally. The people with strong air in their chart, so you and I, Holt, we have quite a bit of air in our chart. We expand through exchanging ideas, being Mm -hmm. social, forming connections and having a quick mind. So I go on a lot on this podcast about how much I love wit and how much I love, you know, really intelligent, funny people and banter. And that's the air in me. I just, I need that in order to feel stimulated. Yes, I understand. I'm so the same. I can't do the small talk thing. It's like, okay, let's like, let's spice this up a little bit or give me a fun fact or something. (laughs) Yeah, so for air signs, a lot of the way that they connect with people involves intellectual stimulation, curious communication, like getting really Mm. curious with someone, which is a huge part of what I do. I'm just like, tell me more and more and more and more. I need to understand. Um, And then, yeah, thinking, learning, studying, that sort of stuff. And they're the communicators, right? Like they're the... Look, they, or is they that are the Gemini. No, they are communicators. They're definitely communicators because it's all about being quite cer- cerebral and connecting on a communication level. But we've mm. also got a lot of other communicators in there. So, for example, Virgos are big communicators because they're ruled by Mercury. Okay. So when you look at my chart, I'm all communication. I'm double Gemini. Yes. Virgo. So it's just like keep talking <laughs> to me and stimulating me. I am so bored. Keep it coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't bore you. No, you don't bore me at all. You're like the opposite of boring me. I love it. Um, Okay, so then we move into water. Yes. Okay, so when you think of water hole, what do you think of when you think of water? Water is an element, yeah. Yeah, fluidity and flow and the word whimsical is coming up, emotion. I think of like tears and, yeah, yeah, like expression. Totally. That is the water science. Do you know what I think of? I think of interpretive dance. Okay. Yeah. But you know what? Like, yes, I feel you for sure. But I would say interpretive dance is a water and earth thing because it's all about like getting into your body, but like moving with the water. So I'd say it's like a combo of the two where an earth sign would just be like, which is me. I cannot do this. What is it that we're doing right now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So tell us more about water because we give the water signs a bad rap. I know. I know. And we shouldn't at all. Water relates to the emotional body and feelings. So we've got earth relating to the physical body. We've got air relating to the mind, the mind, cerebral body. We've got fire relating to the action. Mm. Water is relating to the emotional body and the feelings. And these signs are motivated by their need for closeness, connection, and a sense of belonging. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. So they need to feel this deep, emotional security and they can often feel um this kind of fear of rejection and abandonment because they need to be emotionally connected so I don't want to use the word desperately but it's it's such an innate quality of theirs that if somebody's not connecting with them they can feel really rejected 
Yeah, okay. Yes. So the water signs would find it really comfortable in what we were talking about being in their fem and expressing emotion freely. Absolutely. It is a feminine element for sure. Um, So water as an element, like you said, is fluid, shifting and changing, just like our emotions and our feelings. They fluctuate from high to low without the logical reasoning of the air signs. And that's where I struggle with water, not because... I don't love water signs. I've got lots of friends that are water signs and they they all listen to this show and be like, why do you hate on us so much? (laughs) But I think where I struggle on a soul level with it is that I'm such a logical, rational, cerebral person and then also quite earth-based, quite practical, Mm -hmm. that when they're fluctuating with the emotions and the feelings without logic behind it, I start to Mm. get a bit frustrated. But that's a reflection on me. That's not... That doesn't say anything That's about your That's my stuff. Too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I see that with my my parents because both of them are water signs. I know the same as you. Yeah. And growing up, I used to be so, like, I feel so uncomfortable when my mum would get upset, for instance, love you, mum, to death. But, like, if there wasn't any food that she wanted to order at a restaurant, she would cry. And I'd be like, is that really necessary? Like, yeah. do we really need tears right now? So that is where I get resistant in water signs. But also I think it's really admirable to be able to shift into that and just freely express and then move through it. Totally. And look, there is a lot of positives to the waters. So people with strong water charts or even just a little bit of water in their chart, they're very highly sensitive. And I mean that in a really good way. So they can sense everything, yeah, which makes them highly intuitive and it also makes them really good in the healing realms and they're often Ah. quite creative. So our favourite water sign, Zoe Bosco, she's a Scorpio and that's why she's so intuitive, so great with the healing arts and so creative. She's so wise. So it's a wisdom, isn't it? Yeah. You're like, everyone's wise. (laughs) No, that's interesting, only because I was like my definition of wise and this is just me, is like this grounded earth-based energy. So I always think that the Agreed. earth signs are really wise. But you're right. There is wisdom in, in fluidity. It's and magic wisdom. To, yeah, tap into emotions for sure, for sure. So mm. because we've been talking about mask and femme, I thought it might be quite interesting to have a look at the signs from mask femme perspective. Yes, yes. It's probably better if we break it into yang and yin, so yang being mask, yes. yin being femme. So your yang yes. signs are... Aries, so fire, Mm -hmm. Gemini, Leo, Libra, Sag, and Aquarius. So you're fire and air, basically. I'm literally all mask sign. Yeah. In my, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Interesting. Yeah, Gem, Leo, Lib. Yeah, so fire and air are all yang. It's, it's, It's the masculine. It's also the external, Holly. Yeah. So it's very much about going out to get information, expressing yourself externally. (laughs) Yeah, true. I can definitely feel that. The yin signs are what's left, which is earth and water. So Taurus, Cancer, Virgo, Scorpio, Capricorn, Pisces, it's all about the feminine and going internal, being introspective, feelings, emotions, grounded into the practical elements of the earth and stopping, you know. I would not have thought that the earth signs were femme, but then obviously that like Trent's so femme and he is very earth. That's so interesting. And in my chart, this is a little plot twist, I have six earth placements. I am mostly earth in yeah. my natal chart. Yeah. And that's obviously where my femme comes through. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? I'm quite balanced 
as well in my chart. I don't have much fire. I wish I had more fire, but I make up for it with a lot of air. So I think that yes. brings the mask in. Yes. And then I've got, yeah, I've got quite a bit of yin in there. I've got a few few water signs and quite a bit of earth as well. In terms of my rising sun and moon, I've got two air and an earth and I need that earth to balance mm. out that double air. And in terms mm. of, you know, like I can get very much up into the esoteric realms. I can get very much up into my intellect, but it's that Virgo moon in me that is able to bring logic and practicality and communicate in a way that isn't going above all the other signs' heads. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what air can do yes. as well. We kind well, of I know what you above. mean. I know what you mean because I don't have that grounding earth in my three. I'm double air fire. Mm. So I am like all up in my head and then need to express it, which is why you'll see me crying on Insta stories and stuff because it's like, it's a lot to handle. Here you go, present it, as opposed to let's ground this. And that's also why it's so important that you have Trent to birth you in those moments, you know? Yeah, yeah, and he does. It's so fascinating. Do you know what? Fire is the least represented in my chart. I know. It's just not the one. It's just Leo. So it's like typical fire sign, like, well, actually, guys, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's so, so interesting. I hope that helped you guys get a little bit of perspective around what we're talking about when we throw the elements around willy-nilly. I love that chat so much. And I'd be interested to to hear in the Facebook group if you guys feel like you relate with the majority of the elements within your chart. So like I said, go and figure it out on Coaster. If you don't, I just want to say, because it came up in the Facebook group this week, if you don't know an exact time of birth, The only thing that it's really going to affect is your rising sign, your ascendant. Mm. That changes, Mm. I think it's every two hours. But other than that, the rest of your chart's going to be accurate. So don't stress too much if you don't have an exact birth time. It's interesting because it's how people perceive you, but it's not something that you need to worry about in terms of self-awareness and how you're expressing yourself. So I wouldn't get too caught up in it is what I'm trying to say. So true. So true. Love it. Yeah. I think that's it, Hull. That is it. You've been listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. Join our Facebook group. Just search The Middle Podcast Show and follow us on Instagram at the underscore middle underscore podcast. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.